Hey, 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 everyone. How's it going? Welcome to the Expat Brad Podcast. It's Salman Qureshi. You're listening to me in uh, the end of Feb. In fact, it's the second last day of Feb. And I, and I and you, we all know it's time to go. Oh, my God. Feb is almost over. Where's the year going? I had so many plans. What's going on? It's already March. Ah! Yeah, now that I've got that out of the way, uh, we can start this episode. I... Um, man, Dubai is hot right now. It's like hitting upwards, like mid thirties uh, Celsius. For those of you not listening, uh, in America, <laughs> right? Like the 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 real the thing we all follow, as opposed to Americans with their Fahrenheit. Anywho, uh, it's gotten hot real quick. I'm hoping there's like a cold wave around the corner that will embrace us for a couple of months or a couple of weeks even uh, before we hit May, June, July and go into depression or summer as they call it here. And uh, <laughs> it's it just baffles me. I just, I, I, you know, I get FOMO every time winter's about to end. And like, even when winter starts, I'm like, oh, I gotta go. I gotta make all, all the use of it that I can. Like every single second of it. <laughs> and then you never do, you're never satisfied enough. And then it's the end of winter. And for those of you who don't live in the Middle East, our winter is basically just good, cool weather. It's not cold. It's uh, maybe apart from a couple of days. It's not super rainy, except again for a couple of days. And so it's really just gorgeous weather for three, four months. And it's the best time to be anywhere in the world. This is the best place to be any in those days. So... Anywho, it's coming to an end, and here we are, and um, I'm, I'm, and Feb is ending, and I've kind of fallen behind again on my gym stuff, which is annoying me, uh, but there are other things that are running so smoothly in my life right now that's almost a little scary, you know? You, you watch these shows about people who are bored, uh, housewives, house, I don't know, suburbians, suburban suburb people, <laughs> and, and I'm sitting there going... This stuff is going too smooth. Like I had a few things I wanted to get rolling and put into place and it's going touch wood, man. And, and I don't want to ruin it or jinx it. And it's good. So I'm, I'm glad that kind of stuff is going fine for me. Uh, I, I, I just had a great feeling for 2023. I'm normally not superstitious, right? But 23 is one of my favorite numbers because of Michael Jordan and in my head, it was like 2023 at the start. I was just like, it's going to be a great year. And so maybe it's true. The law of attraction is attracting good stuff to me. It's attracting the best of the best. To be honest, it really has. I've had two stand-up gigs, one in Jan, one in Feb, that were awesome because it was to a big crowd. I was opening for two great comics. One was Ismo. I've talked about it. And then recently, I just happened... Last minute to be added on to open for Mark Lottering. He's a South African legend, and he's a legend for a reason. The dude did 90 minutes of stand-up comedy, like, without a second of low energy. It's incredible, because I'm always, like, watching different... And for me, it was a real learning experience as well, because Ismo is a, a kind of intellectual and smart and and very low key like he will stand in one place 
for his 90-minute show. And then Mark Lautring comes in and he does a 90-minute show. And he, is, I don't think there was a second where he was standing still, you know. And, and, I, and I watched both of them and I go, wow, I don't know which one's the right one. Obviously, I think what suits your style and jokes is what makes it the right one. But anyway, incredible to see 90 minutes of great material from both comics. Uh, and, and then with Mark Lautring, it was just high energy, 90 minutes. I was laughing so hard through the whole show that by the end, right? I'm not making this up. By the end, I was too tired to laugh. So I couldn't get like my voice out. Like I couldn't muster the strength to laugh out. So what I ended up doing was I had this silly grin on my face and I was just clapping along because that was my only way of showing appreciation for the material because it kept going strong right up till he said goodnight. And and then some because he actually said goodnight once and then he did a little bit of an encore bit, and and it was incredible. And he got a standing ovation, rightfully deserved. It was just an incredible show. Um, and he was super sweet backstage. Both these comics, great backstage. Just a good reminder. You know, the biggest comics, I've been lucky, the biggest comics I've had a chance to perform, share the stage with, have just been the most down-to-earth people and fun backstage, you know? Um, there's only one comic, I won't name him, uh, early on in my career, he's like a mid-level biggie comic from the States, uh, and and he was so aloof backstage, and so he had these little things like, the opening acts should have a different light to mine, they better not do this, and he didn't share any time with us back in the green room at all. And these comics came in and they're hanging out, they're sharing jokes, they're sharing expertise, tips, uh, they're showing appreciation. Both Ismo and Mara came up afterwards and said, hey, you were great and really loved performing with you. You know, they were just nice, beautiful people as well. And uh, Mark, so he's, uh, he's, he's huge in South Africa. If you ever catch him come into your city uh, and you're not familiar with it, and I'll tell you why I'm saying this in a second, then go and catch a show. You will not regret it. Now, the reason I say this is because when I got on stage, I realized 95% of the audience, or 98%, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure this is correct, yeah? It was South African people. And two things about it. One, uh, I was disappointed other people didn't come. It was already pretty much sold out. But, I'm, I, you know, it was just sad other people didn't come in because I'm, I was just like you would have experienced such a great act. Uh, so missed opportunity for other expats in Dubai. So catch them next time. And the second thing was uh, that I realized was, man, you South Africans are one of the best people around. Like I just loved your vibe. I loved the whole crowd. Uh, all, you know, great up for comedy and laughing. And they were just joyous. You're just joyous people. And it was so nice. And I'm not just saying that because you laughed at my jokes in, in uh, during the show. But afterwards, the vibe, sometimes when we meet in the foyer afterwards with the fans and the audiences. And, and you get a sense of the people, and most people are nice. I, I've I've always had people come up and go, "Hey, great stuff. Well, can I follow you?" Blah blah blah. But but these guys were on a whole different vibe, man. And and I, I just to all South Africans, I love you. <laughs> I would love to. Uh, you know, I I really so Ruji and I uh, we're, we're planning some comedy nights with uh, another comic as well. Abs. We'll tell you details 
I'll tell you, I'll share more details on the podcast in a while as well. But we were, na- you know, we were just building up the tour and we were already talking to a few cities. And after that gig, I was like, hey, we got to go to Cape Town and Joe. <laughs> like South Africa has to be on that list. I want to go there because it's just, you know, the people just so amazing. So amazing. I have a lot of South African friends. I do a lot of stuff at the Courtyard Playhouse Theater in Dubai. And it's, um, you know, the owners, one of them is South African. And, and a lot of the staff is from South Africa. And that was my first real interaction with a lot of, uh, you know, Safas, I guess. And it's been great. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you guys a lot. And thank you. Love you so much. Uh, like, I want to embrace you even more. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know how that works, but so be it. Anywho, so that's, a, that's my comedy site going on. That's what's been happening uh, I really have been appreciative of the opportunities I've had and things to learn and great crowds to perform to. It really, you know, sometimes everyone, as any artist, gets a little jaded. And this, these kind of events, these kind of opportunities really, um, like, bring you to life again and, and make you want to do more artistically, do more jokes, more material, like, really give out to the world. And... Um, and it was great because uh, last night also I was uh, I was invited to close off this show um, by Comedy Kicks. That's uh, K-I-X if you're in Dubai. Uh, they put on a lot of shows around Dubai and I love them. It's this uh, couple called Ima and uh, Amr, um, Egyptian and Filipino, both of them. And, and they're such a fun couple. They're both also excellent comics. I love watching them. And, and they were, um, they, so they did, like, they've been doing some workshops. Again, if you're in Dubai, you want to learn stand-up comedy, go to these guys. They're wonderful, uh, very supportive. Uh, and, and like I said, they're good comics, so you'll learn uh, public speaking, you'll learn to be on stage. It's all good. And they'll give you lots of opportunities to perform. Uh, so they ran a class, and last night was a showcase, and they asked me to close. And there were about six, seven people taking stage for the first time. And for any comic who's been around... You know, you remember your first one and then you watch these guys and you go, wow, that, you know, I can't believe they have so much confidence already and everything. And it was wonderful to see all these comments. Great, great material as well. So Ima and Amr, well done. You, you, you've definitely put in the work with these guys. It showed on stage. Um, it made me think, though, uh, it's a little tip. If you're doing stand-up comedy or if you're a public speaker, right, and you get on stage and... Um, and you're trying to be, you know, add some humor into your speech. Here's a little tip from me as a stand-up comic, <laughs> right? Uh, too many people uh, have these jokes, and and the first few times you're doing it, you're so tense about it that you rush through it, all right? Like my first time I ever did stand-up, I was actually getting angry at the audience when they were laughing because I was just like, hey, I will forget my set. I need to get through this, so just shut up. <laughs> Shut up, so I can, I can get through this. All right, stop interrupting me, and and I and that kind of stays with a lot of comics. So they don't pause to let the audience laugh, because sometimes, as a whole, the audience needs that five seconds to go, "Oh my God, that's hilarious!" Right? Not because they're stupid or anything. It's just some jokes require that moment of like, "Aha!" And you might have written those brilliant jokes, but you'll do a disservice. If you rush through, so slow down, know where your joke, your punchline is and stop. Give it five seconds. 
even if you don't get a few laughs, it's fine. You'll get over it. You'll learn that, cool, it didn't land this time. Maybe it was my delivery. Maybe it wasn't relevant to the audience. Or maybe it is a bad joke and so on. But when you rush through, I see these comics like they're eating into the laugh. Like the audience starts to laugh and they've moved on. And so it's gone. And, and you train the audience because then they go, shit, I'm, I'm just going to try laughing. And this guy will move on and I'll miss the next bit. So they start laughing. I think that's my theory. They might start laughing less over a long show. So you let them laugh. You know, you've worked hard to get to that point. All this was to ensure they get a laugh out of it. Then let them have it and let yourself enjoy it. You know, it gives you that moment to pause, absorb it, and be in the moment, right? So, so that's uh, that's that's a little tip from me. I think I, I hope it helps you. Uh, like I said, even if you're just doing a few humorous bits in in a normal pr- presentation, just give that moment. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to anyway that you know putting this aside. Yeah. Uh, all all of my comedy stuff, all my events, latest, blah blah blah. If you follow me on Instagram at Salman ZQ. Then you'll know all my upcoming gigs and the tour when we announce it, blah, 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 all the dates, details. So uh, keep an eye on it, follow it, and and I'll keep you up to date with it, all right? Uh, now, what I did want to talk about, <laughs> what I've labeled this, is the this the shawarma episode. And I, I, I know this is maybe unpopular opinion, but I just think Dubai does not have good shawarma. I said it. I've said it, man. People keep sending me places to try and promise me that this one is amazing and this place is nice. And I have always suspected. That we don't really have good shawarma here yeah like there's a few different types as well i i never had these malabari south indian cafeteria style shawarmas which some people love here i don't i don't think i'm i'm a purist when it comes to shawarma and i found places that do good shawarma but not great that and that's what i mean like shawarma here isn't amazing enough I say it. I'm saying it out loud, man. I come from Saudi Arabia, right, from my early childhood. And I'll tell you, Saudi just had um, the best shawarma I've ever had anywhere. And maybe it's a childhood thing that I'm nostalgic about it. But there was this place in Jeddah called Sharafia. All right. And Sharafia, uh, it, it's not like a, it was a bit more like old town uh, in terms of the area. And I've heard recently it's been broken down, which is sad to hear in a way. But I guess it's part of some big vision of Saudi to redevelop the city and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, back then, back in the 90s, um, Sharafia had loads of shawarma places. And as a kid, I didn't realize that it wasn't common. But the shawarmas in Saudi Arabia, in, in Sharafia, were slightly different. First of all, you could even get camel meat shawarma way back before it became a trend out here. Yeah. And, um, and it was awesome. And then they had these shawarmas that came in kind of the samoli bread. At least that's what they called it there. It was much like a, not like a hot dog roll. I don't know how to describe it. What can I compare it to? Like, um, like French bread maybe, but not really, a bit between like a hot dog and French bread. 
And and so it wasn't like a normal Arabic bread wrap. That came in my uh, like life much later when I started having chicken shawarma. So beef and camel shawarma was the more common thing back then. And they'd add these spicy stuff in it. Um, and, and the shawarma, those shawarmas were just amazing. And I don't know if you still get them there, that kind of style, or it's completely disappeared. But but I've never had it here. And then even the chicken shawarmas, you know, the cafeteria ones, I was just like, this ain't shawarma. These are good sandwiches. I don't hate them, but this ain't shawarma. All right. I don't know what sauce you're doing with this. Where's the garlic and blah, blah, blah. And even recently, I've had some Lebanese places open up here that I've tried out. Alo Beirut. Um, what's the bar bar, uh, which is supposed to be a legend back in Beirut. And they were good, but they weren't amazing. All right. And I don't know why that is. Well, actually, Barbar and Alo, when I first went, were quite good, uh, much better. And then I kind of went, oh, they, they dropped the ball a little bit. So I don't know if it was just that day I didn't have great. But again, not great, man. Not great. Uh, I've done a TikTok video about this place near my house, which is, again, really good shawarma. Not great. I don't know what makes a great shawarma. Maybe it's the right amount of garlic sauce in the chicken shawarma that... I, I like, and so I haven't been able to find it perfectly. And and in Saudi, the, the chicken shawarmas often had french fries in it too. I don't think any shawarma place does that here. Why not? Hey, I've given you an idea. If your thing kicks off and people start eating your shawarma a lot more because of this advice that I've just given you, then um, send me back some love. Uh, send me some free shawarmas maybe. I don't know. And, and so, you know... Um, it, it's been a battle for me. Uh, my, my brother and his wife, they tell me they're based in Canada, in, um, uh, in, in Ottawa. And they said, you know, they have so many Arab families there and blah, blah, blah. And so they're like, they've had better shawarma there than they've had in Dubai. And man, I don't know what else to say. I have immense respect for my brother's shawarma taste, okay? Um, he knows food and he knows what he's talking about so when he told me that I, I i shouldn't have been surprised i was just disappointed like where's dubai's a game when it comes to shawarmas and why hasn't it you know it's supposed the other thing that really ticks me off here is most of the places that are decent are very overpriced now you know shawarma is the street food man i grew up i don't expect prices the same from when i grew up yes they were four or five dirhams. In fact, you know, when there was a chicken shawarma that came out that was like four or five dirhams, uh, reals in Saudi, it, it was like, whoa, man, you're splashing out. <laughs> and 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 now, you know, you don't get shawarmas for like less than 20 dirhams or some shit like that. And I'm like, I don't know. There's, there's like, it, to me, it was all this street food and maybe because it's so sanitized, maybe that's another problem that's come across with shawarma. And again, I'm going to keep reminding you guys, there's good shawarma. One of my friends took me to the Wafi Gourmet restaurant. Good shawarma. Not great. <laughs> Anywho, um, that's my that's my take on the shawarmas here, man. Um, I don't know. Feel free to send me some places. There was one in Sharjah. I used to have the Fresh Chicken King back in early 2000s. I think it's still around. I don't know if it's still good because uh, I haven't been in that part of town for like I don't know, a gazillion years or something. Uh, back then, it was good. It was one of the closest ones to the Saudi South Shawarma that I had um, and I haven't had. And I'm also wondering which country has the best Shawarma. 
I've been to Jordan. I didn't really have street shawarma there. Um, not been to a lot of other countries. I've been to Oman, Bahrain, Saudi, uh, of course, UAE, all different parts of it. Uh, so I wonder which Arab country claims to have the best shawarmas. Uh, and can they compete with the one in Ottawa now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's possible. Um, but apart from my sad life around shawarmas, I still eat a lot of shawarmas because I love the love these things. Um uh, I, I, you know, uh, yeah, I guess that's that, that's it about the shawarma stuff that's on my head, man. Um, what else am I doing? Right. Uh, I watched um, Fleshman in Trouble. It's on Disney. Uh, great show. It's about this guy who's going to a, through a divorce. And it starts off very funny. It kind of keeps that tone uh, somewhat. And but it's overall, it's a great show to watch. I, I zoomed through it like seven. You know, you love it when you watch a series, you're gripped by it. And I and I ran through the whole eight, eight, nine episodes uh, as fast as I could, consumed it and burped it out. Um, it was great. It's a great show, great acting, great cast. And um, it's based on a book. So I guess that's where the meaty stuff comes. My only my only little complaint about it was it starts off as the about the guy's divorce but then one of his female friends, it becomes her story as well. And her, her thing too is roped in. And it just felt like it was a bit, bit bit of a switcheroo. When you watch the first episode and what's happening, it's a little crazy. He's on apps. And, and that's how they advertised it. Like this newly divorced person is navigating apps. So I thought it'd be a sitcom of that sort. But it goes way deep. Uh, normally, I would have hated them doing that to the show. But because it's still such a good show and fun. Uh, I still recommend it. It's really great. And um, and yeah, man, apart from uh, the fact that they're trying to change the Roald Dahl books and apparently the James Bond books as well, everything else is good here, man. Uh, I don't know why they're doing that. I know there's been enough controversy around it. I think it's dumb. I think, you know, I think I'm a little tired of people going, I'm offended. Like, it was written. It's there. If you don't like it, don't buy it anymore. But obviously, it's the publishers, right? So they want to keep selling this book, and they know their consumers will buy it. It'll create the right controversy around it, make it relevant again, and repackage and resell. So I get the commercial side of it. Uh, I don't know. As an artist, I feel bad as someone going through this whole bending down to every wokeism situation. It sounds bad to me, the wrong thing to do, but... Here we are, and um, and it's happened, and I have no power over stopping it. So, what's the point of complaining, right? I wish all the only thing that makes me go is I wish I had the old um, editions, and I would and I could have kept it. But I guess they'll probably shoot up in price, or and not be as available, right? So I've lost that opportunity, and I will regret that forever because I don't know. <laughs> you could have just preserved some real history and republish it sometime down the line or something and told people, actually, the original said this. Ha ha. Anyway, that's me. That's my life. That's my thoughts on things going around. Uh, I hope you guys have a good week ahead. I hope you have a great March ahead. And I hope you've been having a great year like I have been having. And here's to wishing all of us a great year, man. You take care of yourself. I'll catch you in the next episode. Uh, Goodbye. Or as a dog would say, woof.